Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Creator God, you made the goodness of the land, the riches of the sea, and the rhythm of the seasons. As we thank you for the harvest, may we cherish and respect this planet and its peoples, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from Exodus chapter 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, as much as each needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. The house of Israel called it manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, You also, go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. 
So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But, he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not fair. We develop our sense of fairness early on usually from our interaction with brothers and sisters or playmates. Taking turns and sharing doesn't come naturally to us. It has to be worked at, painfully, repeatedly, as every parent knows. And we probably never get it completely right. The suspicion that someone else is getting more than us is deep-seated. It's like baby birds in the nest. The one who cheeps loudest gets fed first and most. Those who miss out and get left behind can face a grim future. Deep down, our worry is that it will be the same for us as for those baby birds, that we won't have enough of what we need unless we push for it. Our cries of it's not fair are often really cries of insecurity. As the petrol started to look as if it was running out, it was very hard for people to believe that there really would be enough for everyone if only people didn't panic by. Of course people went out and stocked up, because they knew that others would do too. It was a vicious circle. And of course that meant that the shortage became a self-fulfilling prophecy. People taking more than they needed just in case meant that there wasn't enough to go round. In the same way, if we hoard and grasp at the world's resources its harvests of food, water, land and minerals, someone will end up going without completely. The parable we heard in our Gospel reading about a landowner who pays all his workers the same amount, even though some of them have worked 12 times as long as the others, has puzzled people ever since he told it. But it casts a light on what often really lies beneath our claims that it's not fair. It's a very cleverly told story. Jesus makes it clear from the outset what the agreement was with the workers who were hired first thing in the morning, at the beginning of their 12-hour working day. 
they were to be paid the usual daily wage. That was one denarius. That would provide enough for that day for the worker and their family. It was a living wage, in other words. And it's exactly what they would have expected to be paid. An absolutely standard fair day's pay for a fair day's work. They didn't have any issue with it at all. But when the moment came for the wages to be paid, they had a surprise. At first, they thought it was going to be a good surprise. The master ordered those who'd worked just one hour to be paid first. And as those at the end of the line craned their necks to see what was going on, they saw that the Johnny-come-latelys were being paid a whole denarius. Instantly, the workers who'd laboured all day heard the cash registers ringing in their heads. Surely they would get 12 times as much. Never mind what the landowner had said when, they, when he hired them. Never mind whether he could actually afford to pay them more. In their minds, it just wouldn't be fair if it was any, any other way than that. But as they watched, those who worked three hours and then six hours were paid the same, just one denarius. And when they finally got to the front of the queue and held out their hands... One denarius was all they got, too. Even though, as the owner points out, they were just getting what they were promised, it didn't feel fair to them. And it probably doesn't feel fair to us either. Even though, as he points out, it's his money to do with what he wants, it still didn't feel fair, and probably still doesn't. Either they should have got 12 times as much, or the last hired workers, the ones who'd only worked an hour, should have got a twelfth of a denarius. That's what looks obviously fair to us. I'm sure we can very easily sympathise with them. It's not fair from their perspective. But what happens when we look at the story from the underside, from the point of view of the little people, of the workers who were hired last? The ones who'd been standing around in the marketplace all day, desperately hoping for work, and knowing that if they didn't get paid, they and their families would go hungry that night. If the going rate for a twelve-hour day was a denarius, then a twelfth of a denarius might have seemed fair for an hour's work. But it wouldn't have been enough to keep them going. True, they would have starved to death a little more slowly than if they'd had no wages at all, but that doesn't seem like much of a consolation. The truth was, they needed a denarius, every one of those workers. It was the difference between life and death. The landowner in the story knew that, and his concern was that everyone had food in their bellies when they went to bed that night. That's the point of this story. It's not a story about fairness, not in the way we normally interpret that word. It's a story about the God who wants to give us, and everyone else, what we need. Enough for all. Our daily bread, as the Lord's Prayer put it. That's not just about material resources, though it includes them. It's also about God's love, which is given to everyone, whether they or we feel they deserve it. For the Gospel's first hearers, it was also about the Gentiles, the people who'd only just rocked up to the party. Did they have an equal place in God's heart and in the community of the church 
as those with Jewish origin, whose ancestors had worked and suffered to try and live as God commanded them, guarding the faith that they handed down. The key is in the question that the landowner asks. Are you envious because I'm generous? Well, to be honest, yes, is so often the real answer, even though we might not like to admit it. The story reminds us, though, that God calls us to treat others with the same generosity of spirit that he treats us, making sure that everyone has enough. Jesus' message wasn't, or shouldn't have been, anything new. It echoes a story which would have been very well known to his listeners, the story of the manna in the wilderness. God's provision for the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness on their long road from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land. There was no food in the wilderness. At least in Egypt they'd been fed, if only on slave rations. But now they had nothing. Nothing to beg, borrow or steal, nothing to forage for. Starvation loomed. But neither God nor Moses had actually brought them out into the wilderness to kill them, as they feared. And God provided for them, in the story that we heard in our first reading, with quails in the evening, and this mysterious stuff that appeared on the ground every morning. The thing they called manna. The word manna is related to the Hebrew word that just means, what is it? The thing about the manna was that there was just enough of it for everyone to have what they needed. No more and no less. If they tried to hoard it for the morning, it went mouldy and grew worms. They had to trust that when they needed it, it would be there. That was a hard ask, as it would be for anyone. That baby bird fear of being overlooked kicked in. Take care of number one. If you don't demand, you won't get. No one will help you if you don't help yourself. But as we're finding to our cost, in small ways through the panic buying of petrol, and in large ways as we grasp more and more of the Earth's resources, the results are catastrophic when we live like that. Overconsumption, the endless drive to have more, in the hopes that it will make us feel secure, is destroying the very planet we depend on and the impact falls first and hardest on those who are least able to bear it. The Diocese of Rochester's Poverty and Hope Appeal aims to remind us of that, bringing to our attention the lives of those against whom the cards are often stacked, the ones who stand in the marketplace but never get picked, never have the breaks that others do. And it doesn't just give us a chance to help them, it also challenges us to ask ourselves why the cards are so stacked against them and how our own lifestyles might contribute to that. It reminds us of the difference between need and want and the ways in which our drive to satisfy our wants means that others don't have what they need. The message of both these stories is that the God of love gives us enough Enough for each of us to have what we need. Enough for us to share around. Enough that we don't need to strive and to grasp and to fight for any more.
Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.